0: I'm Leah Simone Bowen, the host of Podcast Playlist on CBC. We're a podcast discovery show, and we love a great story. So each week, we highlight the podcast we think you should check out.
1: The show is a classic. Love how they select their topics. It's great.
0: And from time to time, we're joined by some of the biggest names in podcasting.
2: My name is Jamie Loftus. John Green. I'm Michael Hobbs.
0: My name is Nicole Bayer. and I have a podcast recommendation. You can find Podcast Playlist on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is a CBC Podcast. tom power you're listening to q the next artist you're about to hear from is sabrina douglas sabrina douglas is a full-time nurse who works in an emergency room in toronto she's got five kids ranging in age from six to twenty and these things her busy work life her busy home life are what forms the bedrock of her comedy
0: it's bad like being a nurse and then having a family it's too much man it desensitizes you okay like i came home from a 12-hour night shift and my husband comes to me clutching his chest he's like oh my god i think i'm having a heart attack we have to go back to the hospital and i'm like oh my god i just came from there i can't go back i'm not even get paid for this
1: That's right. And along with being an emergency room nurse, Sabrina Douglas has been doing stand-up for about 15 years now. She's been nominated for a Juno Award, performed at Just for Laughs. Now she's getting ready to record her new album, Nurse on Night. So Sabrina dropped by the studio to talk to Q guest host Saroja Coelho about her unlikely path to comedy. And let me tell you, if you're someone who thinks that you only have one story in you, that you can't possibly be anything other than what people already expect of you, you got to listen to this one.
2: It is such a pleasure to meet you. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm great. (laughs) I've been laughing my head off to your comedy. I'm going to dive in right away and ask how on earth you got your start?
0: Oh, wow. Well, actually, my start to comedy happened five years into nursing when I had really bad um, stage fright. Like I couldn't talk in a group of healthcare professionals which was bad for me like especially as a nurse like they'd ask things like oh what do you think we should do with this patient and my heart would start pounding and I'd be like I know I know just say it and I'm like oh my god I don't want to look like an idiot I always had that thought in my mind and I remember I just turned 30 and I'm like I need to get rid of this stage fright and I searched online and I found a workshop for stand-up comedy and I'm like I always wanted to try stand-up comedy I'm always funny in my group of friends that I know right so that that's how I started it. And when I went on stage for the first time, I became super addicted.
2: <laughs> what was it? What was the thing that made you feel totally addicted to comedy? Because that is a very extreme remedy to your problem. It is
0: because I thought like, oh, if I go on stage and try and tell a joke, I will. I There's no way I'd ever have stage fright in a small group of people like ever again. There's no way. But like just the, the first time I actually got a laugh to a joke and it was something that I achieved in a group of strangers. They didn't know each other really. Like there's no relation and they actually
2: laughed at something that I created. It's like such a rush. <laughs> I gotta try and imagine this. How a person goes from really deep anxiety. This is not just a little bit of fear. Oh, no. You, what yeah. you're <laughs> describing is the heart palpitations, <laughs> the sweaty palms, the can't concentrate, can't breathe. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So how do
2: you go from that to a wide open stage and an open mic?
0: Oh, it's insane. Like... I, it took me a year to completely get rid of that feeling, but like, to, on every, on a day to day basis, me answering like simple things that used to give me so much anxiety, I didn't have that anymore. But then, like um, as the stages got bigger and there'd be cameras, and it would be like that would I'd have to conquer those kind of fears. But then after a while, like I still get nervous, but it's like a normal d- dose of nervousness, you know. Like I can still say things, you know what I mean. So like it took me a whole year before just to kind of get comfortable. Like maybe other comics, it would take such a shorter time. But, like, being nervous and stuff, I had to combat feeling confident. And being a comedian, number one, not even your jokes, number one is you feeling confident. Like, you have to feel confident. Do you remember
2: the first time that you really killed it with a joke?
0: Oh, the first time I remember I did this open mic and the week before I bombed so bad. This is when I first started out and I memorized my jokes word for word, which is the worst thing you can do because there's so much distractions at an open mic. There's people drinking, there's people fighting in the back or maybe somebody drops a glass and then I forgot what I had to say (laughs) and I bombed for like five minutes straight and the only thing that got a big laugh was when I said, I guess I'm going to leave now. Oh no! (laughs) and then I felt so bad. I'm like oh my god this is the worst and then the whole time I was like I can't I wanted to run away but I'm like I can't if I run away I'll never do this again I need to conquer this or whatever so then it was like jokes that I made up at that class and they were so they were bad jokes I'm not gonna lie like I can't even tell you how bad they were (laughs) I knew they were bad but I was like I'm gonna say it I don't care like but like the next day I scrapped those jokes and I started writing jokes that were real real to me and I just talked about my dad (laughs) Every week, my dad would give me this stupid lecture when I was small. He'd come in my room and be like, You were born the seventh month, the seventh day of 77, and you're lucky, and you're gonna pick our lottery numbers, and we're gonna win. What is the lucky number? <laughs> I i not like, I don't know. He's like, You know it. You mean you refuse <laughs> to help us? Why are you want the family to so suffer? Why you are family fit sofa? They laughed
2: so hard and it was like, oh cool, like, yeah, okay, I can do this again. It's it's quite amazing to sit and listen to this huge journey because the way you're sitting in front of me, you got a huge smile on. This whole room <laughs> is vibrating with your energy. So it's clear that it unlocked something for you personally. How did it affect your year your life as a nurse? Because you didn't stop being a nurse.
0: Oh no, yeah, I'm still doing it, which is super insane.
2: But I feel like I don't know
0: if I can ever quit quitting nursing I just maybe want to do it less but I don't think I could quit it just helped me so much with communicating with families like with other professionals I'm not
2: scared anymore <laughs> but I've heard that in the nurse's locker room if we could call it that that you're known as the one who will crack all the jokes oh, that you can yeah. do impressions that <laughs> you're like wide out there
0: oh yeah like whenever I uh, it's it's sometimes it's annoying for me but whenever I come to work the nurses are just like Sabrina's here the comedian we're gonna laugh the whole shift oh my god thank you for coming and I'm like you guys Let's take it seriously. I just want to do my work. And they're like, tell us some jokes, like all the time. So what about with your patients? Yeah, it it depends. Like uh, sometimes there's patients. I just remember like uh, when we were like deep into the COVID and people were in isolation for like 14 days with nobody. They actually appreciated my jokes, but it's hard. Like we had to wear um, the mask, the, the whole like face shield and the gown. It's so hard to talk like in that thing. And then your eyes like fog up but like as soon as I tell a joke some some of them laugh and like that's the first time I've laughed since I've been in here oh really and I'm like like, oh my god like, (laughs) like it's so it's so hard but like they need that like human connection it's so easy to tell a joke and make somebody laugh but in that instant it's like it just seems so important to like do that as well
2: Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. You are a very new mix for me. The <laughs> yeah. idea that a healthcare professional is also a mom of five is cracking lots of jokes. How do your audiences react when you tell them that you are a mom and a nurse?
0: Oh, man, it's insane. Like, it depends. Like, sometimes there's the judgy crowd. And then it's like, I figured out that I should tell them I'm a nurse first instead of talking about how how my kids are so annoying. And they're like, oh, my God, your kids are annoying. Like, And I'm like, yeah. But like, it depends. I mean, the older older crowd likes it. I don't know like I think um people can appreciate it people come up to me afterwards and they tell me oh my god like I'm a mom and it's so nice to hear somebody who can actually relate to everything that I say because a lot of times uh back then the comedians were like the same younger you know white male and then there's women in the crowd and they're like I don't like any of this stuff you know, so it's it like I get like people coming up to me saying oh refreshing or be like, I'm a nurse too. This is so cool that you're talking about this, you know. But for me, sometimes I'm like, Oh my god, like some of them look scared if I talk too too much into healthcare, and then I'm like, Okay, you guys don't know what I'm talking about.
2: So Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about being a healthcare professional and I felt like I was pulled right into your world. And also the mom jokes are hilarious. I have five kids, oh no, <laughs> They're
0: all so annoying. (laughs) I'm not even a comedian. I literally just wanted an excuse to leave the house. (laughs) Mama's got to record an album. Leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) You were just talking about these incredible changes that have happened in the world of comedy. Because it's really true. You know, as I was growing up, comedy really was, for the most part, a young white man's game. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm listening and seeing what's happening in the world of comedy. You're part of this really big wave of change. How does that feel on your side of it? It
0: feels good. Like, I remember even when I first started, there was not a lot... There was some women, but there wasn't a lot in Canada doing standup and especially like women of color. There wasn't a lot. And I think it was about like almost 10 years ago or like eight years ago, I started this show called Things Black Girls Say. That's the name of my um, album that I have out that got nominated for a Juno. Thank you. <laughs> um, but like I got, there was more and more women coming out that would see me do standup and want to do stand-up. Like people who actually got inspired from my standup and were doing it, which feels like so cool. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be the only female on a lineup of all males. It was the worst. Like some of the shows I would do, they'd introduce me like, anybody here there's a woman on this show like i know yeah and i'm just like oh let me just tell my jokes (laughs) like let me not get annoyed and tell these people off you know because like it was so it's it's hard like i like how it's so diverse now there's so many different people just talking about their experiences and relating to the audience because the audience is not all white males like why do you have a lineup of just you know what I mean just one type of person it should be super diverse and if you're funny you can relate to anyone but you take a lot of risks too I mean you joke about death oh yeah yeah and the thing is like I like I have to like it it my job like being a nurse is so hard it's so like we can't like as nurses you can't be sad with family members you can't like you can be sad like you can empathize but you can't be sad because you have to take care of like how many different people like uh, it's it can be very depressing and then a lot of nurses who take a lot of the work to heart they don't last that long you have to have a you have to have a sense of humor like the jokes that i tell are just like but i that's that's the thing i gotta be careful because i'm a nurse and nurses laugh at the most darkest stuff because we do it all the time like so many times we're at work and uh patients are dying like I'm not gonna I can't cry. The first time I did have a patient that passed away. Yeah, I cried for like three days and I couldn't come back to work. I had to like suck it up and just continue working. But this is how most of us like handle our job is through our sense of humor. Like for sure, you have to have a sense of humor. Like there'll be you'll have an assignment of patients. One patient is dying. Everyone else is not supposed to know. Like you can't, you can't. Oh, so you have to go to other
2: patients yeah. and have full composure oh, and be yeah. present There'll for them. There'll be a
0: patient, like you'll have a patient side by side. One is dying and the other one's not like getting ready to go home. You can't be like, you know, wow. no, you can't. Yeah. So and it sounds
2: like comedy hasn't just rescued you in terms of giving you a place for your own anxiety. It's actually made it possible for you to continue to be generous and, and loving with patients who were all at different emotional moments in their lives. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. For sure. So you got to be like, some are, are, are in a super good mood. They're getting ready to leave. So you have to kind of like match their energy. Yeah. And it's not good. It's not good if the patient knows that the, patient they're like sometimes patient had would have died in the in the bed and they're they'll freak out like obviously I would freak out if somebody died right beside me one guy knew that somebody passed beside him and he was telling everyone that went in that room somebody just died in that bed and nobody oh. would go in that bed for the rest of the day we're like oh no how did he <gasps> find out yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> you have to keep your composure keep it moving <laughs> it sounds mean but it's true <laughs>
2: It just sounds like it's how you get through the day, and that's that's the backbone of so much of your comedy. Before I let you go, I have to ask you because we started out talking about that really debilitating anxiety. I mean, it is. Almost impossible for me to imagine you unable to express yourself in a group of people because now you do it on these really oh, big yeah, stages. Sure. You put your whole life out there. I'm wondering what your relationship is with anxiety now. Do you still get those those jitters, that burning inside? I still do
0: get jitters, but it's not as severe as it used to be. And it's normal to be nervous. Like as an artist, you should be nervous before you go on stage because that's when you like perform your best. If you're just too calm and everything's not a big deal, like the audience can tell that you're not excited enough and they're just like oh this is boring but like yeah I still do get nervous I'll still before I go on stage there's one thing that I always say to myself I'm like I can't believe I'm doing this right now <laughs> every time I say it, I'm like what am I doing I'm a nurse like yeah it's it feels so sometimes it feels pretty surreal especially um the biggest show I did a few months ago was in uh, Montreal. I did a uh, taping for um, a gala taping and it was super big, all the lights. And I'm like, oh, I'm just a nurse. but This is fun. Like, and then I had to go back and work a night shift. And I was just like, oh, my God, I, I'm a star. What am I doing? Yeah. So it's so weird sometimes.
2: Sabrina, you are such a joy to talk to. You've had me laughing my head off for days now as I've listened to your comedy. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Sabrina Douglas is a comedian and emergency room nurse working in Toronto. She's recording her second live comedy album, Nurse on Nights, this week. If you're in Toronto, you can catch the live tapings at Comedy Bar West. They're happening this Friday and Saturday. Uh, The other episode we have today uh, is, speaking of music, my conversation with Dan Wilson. Dan Wilson is the lead singer of the band Semisonic. Remember that song? Closing time. Wrote and sang that. They have a new album out. Really, really good. Also, Dan Wilson wrote Someone Like You for Adele. Uh, Not Ready to Make Nice uh, for the Chicks, then known as the Dixie Chicks. I mean, ended up writing songs for Taylor Swift. And anyway, he has a lot to say about... What happens when you go to have this incredible career writing songs for other people and then you have to go back to your old band? Go check out that conversation if you're interested in how the sausage is made in pop music. All right, we'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.